Influencing popular culture, politics, and everything in between. The local station takes you ringside as we discuss the crazy world that is professional wrestling. This is Going Ringside with the local station. Hello there, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Going Ringside. I am your host, Scott Johnson, and I got to tell you, all my plans so far for 2024 for this podcast is blown up because major headlines in the wrestling world just keep happening one week after the other after the other, and I'm just trying to play catch-up. All the plans I had have been blown up. So today, originally, I had planned to be joined by Haku. We interviewed Haku, or Ming, the guy generally considered to be the toughest man ever in wrestling, The Rocks, who The Rock considered his uncle. Well, we're going to have to put it on hold, and we're going to have Ming join us here in a few weeks. Um, I uh, just There's just too much going on that we have to get to, and hopefully we'll get back to the normal having guests on. But there's such huge news in the wrestling world. First, got to talk about our last two episodes, uh, probably two of the most downloaded episodes we've ever had on Vince McMahon. And the sex trafficking allegations leveled against the former WWE owner. So if you want to go back now, we have two episodes in a row on this. We give you everything you need to know, probably more comprehensive coverage than you'll find anywhere in America on our last two episodes. First episode, um, we do an episode where we discuss McMahon um, and the lawsuit filed against him by former WWE employee Janelle Grant. Um, we analyzed the allegations leveled against him. We talked to a veteran defense attorney about what could happen in court to both WWE and McMahon and John Laurinaitis, Johnny Ace. And then in the next episode, our most recent episode, we found out that the feds are also investigating McMahon and have seized his cell phone. So if you want to listen to the second episode in our in order on how we've covered McMahon's scandal, um, we talked to a veteran police detective about what the feds are getting from him. We talked to an electronics expert uh, about why they would have seized his cell phone and what could be used in a potential criminal investigation against McMahon. Once again, as of the date me sitting here, he has not been charged with a crime and has said he is not guilty of any sort of uh, these allegations against him. So if you want a full comprehensive look at what is going on with the allegations of sex trafficking leveled against Vince McMahon, go watch our past two episodes. We go into it in depth, everything you need to know about that case. So while I've been covering the McMahon scandal, more news keeps blowing up. Uh, all these wrestling groups, the wrestling headlines, the going ringside that we publish stuff out, we get it out as much as anyone. Two stories we're going to cover today. One is a wrestling storyline story. The other is a major actual news crime story. The first involves The Rock and Cody Rhodes going back and forth on who should main event against Roman Reigns. We'll talk about that in a moment. Also, at the same time when I was planning this show, a wrestler from yesteryear wound back up in the news, a guy we haven't heard from in decades. That would be Billy Jack Haynes. Billy Jack Haynes is in the WWF at his most prominent at WrestleMania three. He was a big name in Northwest, in the Pacific Northwest, and wrestling up there in the territory days. He's been charged with killing his wife. That just kind of came late this last week, um, and we're going to unpack that here today. We will talk to a veteran homicide detective about what police can um, will do in this investigation. Um, and we're going to look at the Billy Jack Haynes case, who he was, 
what happened here, what I'm hearing from some sources on the scene about what may have caused this. We're going to get to that a little later in the show. So if you want to hear more about the Billy Jack Haynes murder investigation, stick with us. We'll have that a little later on. We're starting the show today with this Cody Rock just explosion. So let's back up. For years, Michael Cole started it. Everyone's been saying Cody Rhodes needs to finish his story. We've kind of watched two things happen over the last year in WWE. Many have speculated with Roman Reigns' undefeated streak, would Cody go up against him at WrestleMania 40 and be the guy to dethrone the tribal chief and beat him and, quote, finish his story? which has almost become a meme. Cody's even talked about it, that people mock him over it. But some people like it. At the same time, through those same amount of months, there's also been talk, will The Rock come back to wrestling and face Roman Reigns? That has gotten just as much talk, probably more talk, because The Rock's more famous. Fast forward to a few weeks ago at the Royal Rumble. Um, Cody Rhodes wins, and it's big grand old spectacle and if you look after the match cody looks up toward the tribal chief roman reigns he could look toward roman reigns or seth rollins who which title does he want it appears it's going to be roman reigns because the announcers say it and he looks in that direction i always thought that was a swerve and then eventually he would want seth rollins title enter the rock the rock comes in over several weeks and it starts to look like it is going to be the rock Roman Reigns. And the online feud begins. If you've been on the internet lately in the last three weeks on the world of wrestling, the Cody Rhodes rock stuff has been nonstop with Team Cody, Team Rockery, Team Rocky, uh, hashtag Cody. I don't even remember what all the hashtags are. Rock has an idea what the hashtags are. He called them Cody Crybabies. But a lot of people are mad at The Rock, and there, there's major division. So before I get to that in a little bit, I want to show you what I put on the Going Ringside TikTok channel. We are exploding every day on that channel. If you want exclusive content every day, give us a follow there. Up to date, breaking stuff in the wrestling world before most anyone, maybe anyone in the nation has it. You're seeing it on the Going Ringside TikTok channel. This is just a lot of, little of what we put out there about the Rock and Cody controversy. Listen in. Hey, I'm Scott Johnson, host of the Going Ringside podcast. The Rock-Cody controversy could possibly bring one effect that some old school fans like me may like. It may cause Rock to turn heel. And if you remember Rock in the Attitude Era as a heel, as a corporate champ, it was probably his best stuff ever. If he turns full heel and goes off on Cody and the fans and whoever, and turns into the Rock of the old, Fans may really enjoy that, particularly newer fans who didn't grow up on the heel rock and know what that's like. They know the smiling face guy who's from Hollywood. But if rock Dwayne Johnson goes full heel, sit back. It's going to be fun. Hey, I'm Scott Johnson, host of the Going Ringside podcast. Dwayne Johnson just went full old school rock on what he refers to as Cody Crybabies on the Pat McAfee show. Just tearing into him like he hasn't really done in decades, uh, telling them a lot of things they can do with Chicken McNuggets. You can read the quote right now. It's out there. Why this matters, 
that The Rock really hasn't been his old school self for a long time. He comes in, he glad hands, maybe says somewhat controversial stuff. But this feud over the Cody issue has really forced him into a corner to be the man who became popular in the late 90s, early 2000s. Why Rock is considered one of the top five greatest wrestlers of all time entertainment wise. And that doesn't include all the movie stuff. He hasn't had to be this character for several years. This matters because he's good at it and it brings in a lot of old school fans who haven't been here a while maybe the ones who don't care a lot about cody rhodes but they would love to see old school rock and old school rock they have so let me read you the chicken mcnuggets quote where he goes on pat mcafee and essentially turns into the rock of old the rock that old school wrestling fans know this is him saying, saying to pat mcafee at the end of the day you have cody crybabies you have the cody fans you have the Cody himself, and there's a clear distinction between the three. But The Rock says this, those Cody crybabies, the ones for every 10 tweets, they're shoving a chicken McNugget in their mouth. Every 20 tweets, they're shoving two McNuggets up their ass. The Rock says, all you gotta do is sit back and know your role. Shut your mouth and enjoy the ride that The Rock is gonna take your on. So hashtag that, hashtag shut your asses up. Hashtag Cody crybabies, I think I just, uh, Probably going to have to bleep myself for the first time ever on this podcast. We try and keep it PG-13, but that's old school rock. He's back. Attitude Era fans like me have wanted to see this rock for a long time. We haven't seen it. Here's why. Rocco's Hollywood. So Rocco's Hollywood in the early 2000s and starts having some success in movies. And then they play it up on his role before he fully steps away and he comes back as Hollywood rock, which some maybe a little bit younger than me fans remember, and he played a good heel. But at this point, by after Hollywood rock, Dwayne Johnson was made as the action star in Hollywood, maybe the most famous, the highest paid actor in Hollywood, the biggest star. So obviously that takes precedence over a wrestling character. So Dwayne Johnson needs to keep in mind what the status of his Hollywood career is more than his wrestling career. So when he would come back, like when he came back and faced Cena, he would be somewhat controversial. I think this was like 2012 to 14, that time frame. But he wouldn't go full heel. He wouldn't start using that, that type of phrase. And it was because, you know, he's got a, he's a Hollywood guy. You know, that's what he is. But Rock has now become a legend in Hollywood. He can essentially do whatever he wants. He owns the XFL and whatever his football league is now. They merged with the USFL. He's talked about wanting to get into drama roles. He can do what he wants. He's um, as big a star on the planet as anyone. So he's got a little more flexibility now. So when this Cody controversy happens, <clears throat> Rock is getting excoriated online by wrestling fans who say, we don't like you, you're old, washed up, why are you taking a spot from other wrestlers? Obviously, WWE is aware of this, The Rock is aware of this, The Rock is, grew up in wrestling, all he's ever known his whole life since he was a child is wrestling. He understands heat, and he understands wrestling. And Cody does the same thing. Cody has exact same background in wrestling, grew up in wrestling. His dad, Dusty Rhodes, is a wrestler. So. They understand they've got legitimate heat that the fan base is just creating, so they're going to play into that. If you go watch the WrestleMania press conference where you have um, Rock and Roman and Paula Heyman um, with Triple H on the stage, 
Cody comes out. They exchange words. They cuss at each other. The Rock slaps Cody. It's just good stuff. It has caused just overwhelming focus on this feud, this storyline, what happens here. WWE, the big debate is, did they know it would turn into this and plan it this way? Or are they responding to the online outrage? We're going to debate that a little. So I wanted to talk more about this Cody, Rock, Roman scandal. So I got to bring in the panel here, and that would be our producers here at the Going Ringside. Roar and Rory, Jason and Jessica are all going to sit down with me now, and I want to hash out this Rock, Cody, Roman. We're going to have it out right now. So let's get to it. Here's our debate on the Rock, Cody, Roman controversy. So let's get into this. We're joined now by the Brain Trust here, Roar and Rory, Jessica James, and Jason Mealy. Thank you guys for joining us. Let's get to it. Jessica, I want to start with you. You have been the most outspoken on the Cody side of things. Talk to me about your thoughts on this controversy. Start over. I can't hear you guys. Unmute. Test, 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 test. Uh, Rory, I hear you. Testing one, two, three, four, five. Hello, hello. You. Jessica, we're not hearing you. Four, five. Now I hear you. Okay, let me start over. Three, <laughs> two, one. So let's get into this debate. We are joined right now by the Brain Trust here at Going Ringside. Our producers, Roar and Rory, Jason Mealy, and Jessica James. Jessica, we are starting with you. You have been on the pro Cody bandwagon. Talk to me about your thoughts on this. I think it's a lot of excitement for the company, and it's definitely something good that has come out of a few weeks of just bad news with WWE. So I think they're on the right track with this. I've been all for Cody because as a personal viewer, I'm just tired of seeing these older guys come in and take a spot of somebody who's there every single day to wrestle almost every single night and putting their body on the line. So when you have somebody who shows up at once every five years, it just puts a bad taste in your mouth to see them take that potentially take that opportunity away. Jason, your thoughts. So it goes crazy with Team Cody versus Team Rocky. Uh, on social, and then it goes into this uh, WrestleMania preview event they have. I think it was in Vegas where they just face off with each other. What did you think of that? You know, I'm kind of uh, I'm wanting to listen to what The Rock says. You know, like as he says, "Shut up and let me take you for the ride." You know, so I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to give The Rock a chance on this. I mean, I, I'm I'm very interested to see what happens. I mean, I can I can kind of almost be like in Jessica's camp. Like, oh come on, he just can't come back and take Cody's spot. I know it's WrestleMania 40. I know WWE likes to have big events at those anniversary type style shows. And for a long time, we were thinking it was going to be Roman versus The Rock. And and now we already saw the twist with that whole Vegas thing. But I just hope at, at uh, the event that's coming up in Australia, I just hope it's not the, hey, I'm going to tag team with my opponent for this match and then be against the other guys. And, and, they, and, they, and we're supposed to believe that oh they can work together for this pay-per-view event and then next month they're going to be battling for the title rory i want to get your opinion so rock you know as jessica was saying you know he comes back comes and goes comes and goes but rock's kind of in the company now he's a uh he's a board member do you think he'll be more inclined to stay on staff or stay on camera a while and wrestle more than just like do it for a few weeks and leave what do you think i mean he hasn't wrestled yet um, I think that's one thing about it is that we still haven't seen him wrestle. 
It's been a few years since he's actually stepped in a ring. He's not a John Cena where John Cena would wrestle all the time. And, you know, in his run that he just did recently with the company, John Cena wrestled in multiple pay-per-views and, you know, he had multiple matches. And we haven't seen that with The Rock. The Rock has just kind of came and taught and then left. So I don't really know um, if he's going to wrestle past WrestleMania or even up until WrestleMania. Um, so I doubt that he's going to stay with the company as a wrestler. I mean, he's getting to that age where he's probably going to, you know, wind down. I think he's going to be more of a creative force in behind the scenes. Jessica, what about Seth? Like, no one's, he's like the odd man out here. Like, no one wants his title. What do you think of that dynamic that, like Seth is just kind of seems almost overlooked in this. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of weird how much they've put down that title and the raw brand. I think Roman called it the loser title or something. Yeah. So that's a very significant title as well. Um, I understand what makes Cody want Roman's title because that's the title that his father never won. And so that's why that title is specifically important to him. But I think as far as Seth being in the shadows, they've really got to come up with a good contender for him because I think, you know, he's been, like I said, he's been wrestling every day, almost every night. And he, I think he deserves to be in the spotlight just as Roman does. Jason, you're my generation. Talk to me about the dynamic of heel rock coming back. Do you think that's good for the company? Do you think he can pull it off because he's also got to, you know, still look good for the Hollywood people. You know, I was a little shocked that they went heel rock at the, at the uh, get-go. And I don't know if it was meant to be that way, because when he came out at night, everybody was going nuts. And then it's like, okay, they're setting up this match. And it wasn't until, like, the next day, it's, we want Cody trending. And then Monday Night Raw, there's the Rocky Sucks chant. And even Michael Cole referenced, like, what is this, 96 again? It's been a long time since we heard that. I don't know if this was kind of inadvertent that he that it came out as, being heel, but I think they now they kind of have to they kind of have to run with it for a little bit. And Rory on the heel rock thing. So one of the debates online has been: was this all planned, or was this just WWE reacting to the online, you know, furor? Do you think any of this was planned? Like, do you think they knew this was coming that people would get so mad at the Rock? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um. You know, we'll never really truly know until probably, you know, years in advance or years in the future about whether or not this whole thing was planned. But I think that the best storylines are the ones where you have to pivot. And even if they did, you know, plan for Rock Roman, now that they had to pivot and, you know, do this and do that, I think this is good for television because, I mean, this has been the biggest news WWE's had in a minute that's been related to wrestling um yep. so i think this is really good for the brand so if this was planned like from the get-go this is crazy um and that's big ups to you know triple h and nick khan but if this is the pivot that's even bigger ups to them because i think a lot of companies uh you know aw tna sometimes they don't pivot enough when they need to so i think that you know with wwe pivoting like they might be doing this is really good for like the brand well, let's end this segment with predictions. WWE WrestleMania is a two-day event. There's been a lot of talk of how it will all go down. Jessica, your initial opinion of how the main events will shake out at uh, WrestleMania. 
I've seen a lot of talk about possibly Roman having two matches, Rock Night 1, Cody Night 2. I think that's a good idea, but it only, in my opinion, works if Rock or if Roman beats The Rock. Because if The Rock wins and Cody faces The Rock next the next night, it doesn't make sense with him finishing his story. Um, but I'm also, I think they could just do one match. I don't really know where The Rock fits in at this point. Jason, your opinion, how do you see it playing out? You know, I've heard the, the possible the night one, night two, that, but that, and that would take away from Cody of uh, the storyline of of him beating beating Roman. Maybe there's something where uh, where it winds up being Cody and Roman, and either you know the Rock stops the rest of the bloodline from getting into the match, and there's some type of a finish like that, or maybe Roman goes over and they save it for next year. You know, you always you you put another thing in front of the baby faces uh baby faces run and have this wait for another year and rory final word and i want also your opinion on seth what do they do with seth at mania your guess um well seth i'm gonna i don't know i mean like the thing is is rock roman whoever is facing Cody, that's the main event of night two that's just gonna be it like no one's no one's moving that um but day one is very up in the air a lot of people are saying Seth is going to be ready. He said he's going to be ready. I don't know. I'm not going to know until he starts wrestling again um, because he's still injured as of now. So if he's back in the picture, I think whoever wins the Elimination Chamber, which is probably going to be most likely Drew McIntyre, um, I think that could main event. However, I do think that EO Sky and Bailey should be a good contender. Um, we haven't had a women main event um, WrestleMania in a minute. Um, and I think that would be a great match. It has a great storyline. There's a lot of good passion in it. A lot of people really are behind Bailey. I was at the Royal Rumble in Tampa, well, St. Pete, and everyone was just going crazy for Bailey. So I would like to see Bailey main event night one. And then you have Roman Rock versus Cody for night two. But Triple H has said that, you know, whatever's the best storyline is going to main event. However, I do think that EO, Sky, and Bailey should be in that consideration. Well, Jason, Jessica, Roar and Rory, we're going to make that stick. Thanks for joining us. So that's where we're at as far as The Rock and Cody. I don't want to say too much more on this subject because it's going to be evolving over every day. And if I don't want you to watch this and think we're dated. I don't want us to be an outdated podcast. So that's kind of where it's at right now as I sit here recording this today. The Rock, Cody, Roman, Everyone's talking about it. I haven't seen this much focus, I think, on a wrestling feud, storyline, whatever you want to call it, in quite a long time. That's good for the industry. That's good for the business. Frankly, as I talked about on the Vince McMahon episodes, it's what WWE needs right now. They needed, and I've said this on the Going Ringside TikTok channel and Instagram, they needed this distraction. WWE needed some sort of storyline controversy that they can manage because a controversy that they're dealing with about a sex trafficking within their own organization or allegations of it that McMahon and others have denied, that's something they can't control. But this Rock Cody controversy, they can control it. So actually, it's a good thing for them. They're going to make money. As uh, Bischoff says, Eric Bischoff says, controversy creates cash. And that's exactly what they've done going into their biggest show of the year. You gotta wonder what happens with The Rock. I mean, I don't know how the Mania main event's gonna play out in the end, but does he stay with it 
now that he's on the board of directors and now that he is he's kind of I think kind of taken over for the Vince role as far as an elder statesman in the um, company that everyone knows and is extraordinarily famous will he stay on with WWE or does he still bounce back and forth between there and Hollywood you also got to wonder his age you know how long does he want to keep wrestling in his 50s we'll have to see but either way, it's really interesting to see what's going on right now. It is good for wrestling to have fans so invested in a story and divided. That's what you want. You want that clash, and it is happening right now in WWE. That being said, that is the first half of our show. The other half of our show is the other big headline that I talked about at the top of the show that came out late last week. So... I work in the news media. It's my primary job not doing this wrestling podcast. My primary job is being a, a journalist and um, a news anchor and reporter. I started getting tips in the middle of last week, late at night, from some contacts I have that they said, do you know Billy Jack Haynes? And I do. I know who Billy Jack Haynes is. I, um, I grew up in the Northwest. Um, on Portland wrestling. Back in the days of the regional territory, my territory growing up was Portland wrestling. And as a kid in the 1980s, their star, their, I would say, equivalent of Hulk Hogan, their muscular baby face, was Billy Jack Haynes. Billy Jack Haynes was a great performer. He would wear this wide-brimmed hat, very muscular, probably about the same size as Hogan or close to it just looked good on television and he would go out and he was the he was the lead star of the territory he was their main baby face he was their hulk hogan and throughout the 80s if you remember the territory days it was that era of flux where vince mcmahon is quickly absorbing all the other territories and taking them over so all these territorial guys eventually kind of navigate their way toward the national promotions which were wwf at the time and the old NWA or uh, what eventually became WCW with like Ric Flair and stuff. So Billy Jack Haynes did do some other territories. He did some um, NWA work. I just watched some old mid 80s NWA and they had some uh, matches with Billy Jack Haynes. So he was kind of a territorial guy, got some national recognition. And I would say he became most famous when he finally went to WWF. And he feuded with Hercules Hernandez, who is another guy who almost, they almost had a matching physique. If you want to go back and look at their role, I liked, as a kid, I loved Billy Jack Haynes. I thought he was really cool. I thought he could be just as big as Hulk Hogan. And I was really excited when he went to the WWF because I remembered him in my regional territory. And Billy Jack Haynes um, went on uh, to that WrestleMania three, But after that, he kind of fell apart. He kind of fell off, and we never really heard from Billy Jack Haynes again by 1990. I don't recall ever hearing about him again as far as being an active wrestler. Um, and Billy Jack Haynes fell off the radar. He was, he was memorable because you had a lot of journeyman mid-carter, but Billy Jack Haynes was one of those ones that you honestly thought could have been a top guy. He had the look, he had the physique, he had just the charisma. You thought he could have been a top-level guy. We're talking Savage, Flair, Steamboat, Hogan, that level. Didn't happen for him, for whatever reason. I'm kind of getting an idea now the more I read about him. So, Billy Jack Haynes falls off the radar. 
And I hadn't seen Billy Jack Haynes again for many, many years. And then later on in life, as I'm older, you know, people would say, I came across some stuff on YouTube. I don't want to go all into it because it's some crazy stuff. But if you look up some old Billy Jack Haynes stuff on YouTube, he doesn't look like himself. He's gone gray. Um, some of his hairstyles are like the absolute perfect bowl cut. And if you go look at some of his YouTube stuff, it's just some, just some crazy stuff. Just some crazy stuff out there. So after that, I, as a wrestling fan, I just kind of wrote off Billy Jack Haynes. I've talked to some other people in the industry who say a lot of guys might, in the wrestling industry might steer clear Billy Jack Haynes. These are contemporaries, people he knew, that there might have been some problems there. And if you look at some of the old YouTube videos that came out in the 2000s, you can kind of see Billy Jack Haynes has some issues. He's got some conspiracies. I think he filed a lawsuit against WWE. I mean, we can debate that now. It was laughed at, you know, back when Vince McMahon was still held in good graces among wrestling fans. Now that he's not, who knows? But Billy Jack Haynes just had some wild conspiracy theories. One of the last time I heard Billy Jack Haynes' name come up was in 2018, and I saw some Arkansas TV stations covering this. I wasn't really familiar with it. I didn't really pay attention to it, but. He said he had witnessed two Arkansas teens murdered in the mid-80s when he was involved possibly in drug trafficking or something like that. And he went out and said he witnessed the, these unsolved murders. Nothing was ever really confirmed. I don't think it led to any arrests. But Billy Jack Haynes has popped up. I mean, if you go on internet, and start looking up some old YouTube, old articles before this last week, Billy Jack Haynes has just some, he just kind of went off the deep end. I mean, you can watch it and give your opinion, but he's, he's you just kind of got a lot of out there stuff. So essentially, as far as what I remember as a wrestling fan, was, as a storyline, was all the ability in the world as a fan in the 1980s, when he's at his peak, he wrestled in the 70s and 80s, falls off the radar, never hear from him again. And then he starts just with all these kind of crazy cockeyed YouTube news articles, just he would pop up here and there. And we remembered him because, not because he was a guy who stuck with the wrestling and was really did well into the 90s and the 2000s. He just, people remembered, I remember Billy Jack Haynes. And if you go look at this, uh, in a lot of wrestling chat rooms right now, a lot of people say, who's Billy Jack Haynes? Because if you're under the age of 40, maybe 45, you probably have never heard of the guy. You had to be watching in the 70s, 80s to have even know who Billy Jack Haynes was because he's one of those ones. He never was brought back. He was never a legend. He was never anything like that. He just disappeared from the wrestling consciousness by the year 1990. So he didn't hear anything about it. So anyway, Spot Axe, I have contact me and say, hey, do you know who Billy Jack Haynes is? I said, well, yeah, of course I do. If I was 10 years younger, and didn't grow up in that area, I would not have known who he was. But I, I'm my age, I grew up, he was my territory, he was my Hulk Hogan, so I knew who Billy Jack Haynes was. And they say, well, apparently he's been charged with murder. So I'm like, whoa, here's the issue. So as I say at the top of the show and in every show, our Going Ringside TikTok channels where we put exclusive stuff there every day and I was literally going back and forth, do I report this or not? Do I report this or not? Because at the time, 
there had been reporting out of Portland, this is kind of complex, but you got to kind of follow me here, that a man had killed his wife, allegedly, or murdered an elderly woman in a home in Portland, Oregon, but no one was reporting his name. In some of the articles in Portland, it said, neighbors said a wrestler may have lived there, and there was an image of a guy who looked like Billy Jack Haynes in handcuffs. But no, no news outlets, no mainstream news outlets in... Um, the Northwest reported it. So I did three TikTok videos because over the next three days, wrestling media started to cite a guy in the Northwest who I respect is a good journalist out there who said, yeah, I've confirmed it's Billy Jack Haynes. I couldn't editorially do that because I just, in my background in media, I've got to get police to confirm the name. So I wasn't comfortable with it. So what I did on TikTok was I just kind of was all over the place. So I did one TikTok originally when it happened, and five minutes later, I, I privatized it. I took it down. You'll see it here, because I never I never reported it, because I was like, I just don't feel we're to the point where we can report he's killed someone or been accused of that, because that's a scandalous accusation. I can't have my name and my show attached to that until we know. But then all the wrestling media started to to follow it because the one guy had reported it's Billy Jack Haynes on Twitter. Good wrestling journalist, but anyway, so I did another post on TikTok, which is still there, kind of clarifying how it's been reported. And finally, this past Saturday, police confirmed in Portland, yes, Billy Jack Haynes has been in the hospital. We have taken him into custody. He has been charged in the death of an 85-year-old woman who is his wife. So this is kind of my back and forth on TikTok three videos that I posted, one that I had to take down, but this is kind of where I was throughout the first days when I was learning about this Billy Jack Haynes case. Here it is. Hey, I'm Scott Johnson, host of the Going Ringside podcast. I grew up on Portland wrestling. That was my regional territory in the 1980s. The face of that company was Billy Jack Haynes. He was the champion. He was the Hulk Hogan of the Northwest. He eventually went national and became a star in the WWF, feuding with people like Hercules Hernandez. He had a run in NWA as well. Billy Jack Haynes was one of those ones who many considered could have been the Hulk Hogan of the 1980s. It didn't work out for him. Later in life, Billy Jack Haynes has fallen off the radar doing some videos on um, YouTube that many appear seem a little crazy. But he was still living his life in Portland where he got his start. Now the news is out, Billy Jack Haynes has been charged in the murder of his wife. Sources on the scene have been in touch with me. They tell me there's talk by neighbors. It may have been some sort of mercy killing that needs to be confirmed by police uh, due to you know some medical issues with his wife. Um, but a shocking story out of Portland, Oregon. Portland's favorite wrestling son, Billy Jack Haynes, charged with murder. Hey, I'm Scott Johnson, host of the Going Ringside podcast. So there's stories out there circling wrestling media that former WWF star and Portland wrestling star Billy Jack Haynes has been charged with murdering his wife. Here's the issue. It's only been reported by one person. Uh, that would be a journalist out of Seattle who's part of the wrestling world, a good journalist, but he's the only one who has confirmed Haynes' name. No news media outlets in Portland. The Portland police have not identified Haynes as the killer in this case. There is an image online that appears to be him in handcuffs and neighbors and all the Portland media stories say that it appears that uh, there is a wrestler who lived there with his wife. So 
the reporter, Jim Valley, has put out there that it is Haynes. Jim Valley is a good journalist that works in the Northwest and the wrestling world. But I just want to clarify that neither Portland PD nor any media outlet, mainstream media outlet in Portland, has identified Billy Jack Haynes at this point as the killer. Hey, I'm Scott Johnson, host of the Going Ringside podcast. We have an update on the Billy Jack Haynes story. He's officially been named a suspect by Portland PD in the killing of a woman believed to be his wife uh, late this week. I posted a video last night saying it was not confirmed by police. They have confirmed it today. Billy Jack Haynes was essentially the Hulk Hogan of the Northwest Territory, eventually moved on to WWF in the latter half of the 1980s, and many thought he could be another Hulk Hogan-like character, but that didn't happen happen. Haynes eventually um, went back to Portland and kind of fell off the radar doing some somewhat crazy YouTube videos in the latter part of his life. But now he has been charged in the uh, apparent death of his wife. Uh, just a big blow to the Northwest wrestling community. Haynes was a well-known performer there for many years through the 70s and 80s. So kind of here's the backstory. Police are called out with the help of the SWAT team to their neighborhood in Portland, um, and there's some sort of standoff. I think there was a neighborhood lockdown at the time, so it wasn't a simple murder. I mean, the SWAT team got involved. It was kind of chaotic. I've been in a lot, a lot of these scenes. Uh, they get chaotic, so there's a lot of things happening. They eventually find his wife, Jeanette Beecraft, dead. She's 85 years old. Um, he's 70, so I, I didn't know that. He had a much older wife, which is unusual, but his wife is 85, he was 70. And she was found dead. He was taken to a hospital after apparently being originally resisting police um, and was eventually charged in the hospital in her dead, death. I have heard from some sources, there was some talk among neighbors in the neighborhood where this happened. This may have been some sort of mercy killing. Um, we don't know if that's accurate. That's not been confirmed by police, but that's just some talk that has been in the neighborhood because she was 85 years old, having some health issues. We don't know. We're still waiting on that from police. That's kind of where it's at. Um, Billy Jack Haynes is in custody, charged with the killing of his wife um, after a SWAT standoff. So I wanted to bring in a, a guy who you've seen on the show before, a veteran homicide detective, Tom Hackney, to come join us and kind of talk to me about... Um, how a case like this unfolds, for why the SWAT team's called in, why we didn't know his name for several days, he's in the hospital, uh, talk of possibly, you know, this being some sort of mercy killing of his wife uh, as opposed to a, a, tra a traditional, you know, act of rage or, or planned murder. We'll, we'll have to see that. We'll learn as more reports come out. But here's my interview with veteran police detective Tom Hackney on the case involving Billy Jack Haynes. Uh, allegedly killing his 85-year-old wife. Well, we're joined by a veteran homicide detective down here based in Florida, retired now, Tom Hackney. Tom, thanks for joining us on the show today. Sure, Scott, thanks. So I want to get your opinion on this. So we didn't really get word from police on that Haynes was the suspect for about 48 hours. It sounds like it was a somewhat chaotic scene involving the SWAT team um and, and there was a lockdown in place for a while talk to me about when police go into a murder scene like that what would have precipitated needing the SWAT team versus just regular officers and a possible neighborhood lockdown yeah with with something like that when when there would be the uh, need for the SWAT team to come in it's it's if they've heard shots fired and they can't make contact with the person inside 
you know, a lot of efforts go into avoiding taking any kind of large scale action like that. You know, they would they would set up outside the house and attempt to make contact either by phone or e even loudspeaker on, on a police PA. They would try to make contact. When that doesn't happen, things slowly escalate where you know the SWAT team is needed. Uh, and then obviously for the safety of neighbors in any of those circumstances like that, the, the safe thing to do is evacuate neighbors in the neighborhood because if, again, not being sure what precipitated this, but if, if there was reports of gunfire, then you know there, there's concerns that immediate neighbors could be in jeopardy. And, and the, the smart thing that, that's done in these kind of cases is, is slower but better. You, know, you, you don't have to rush into these things. And sometimes the SWAT team being there can help you make it through not rushing through it. So he's eventually taken into custody, and we were told he was taken to the hospital and maybe like booked in the hospital or something like that. And we and police did not confirm it was him. We just heard reports, and I think in an initial statement from police, they said this might have some you know high public interest. Um, talk to me about the process of why we may not have heard officially it was him for forty eight hours, and you know, and having to take him to a hospital, things of that nature. Uh, yeah, you know, you've got different public record laws in different states can can allow for that with, you know, with the Marcy's law and then honestly trying to work through the investigation to figure out what they really have, you know, what what kind of murder was this and, and what precipitated it. The immediate need for those investigators is, is probably try to work through what they have and without releasing his name and, and kind of letting that be public, that gives them a little bit more breathing room to do so before, especially somebody who's of high interest gets media attention, they, you know, again, speculating a little bit on, on what could be their mindset, but that's that's probably a pretty good idea of why, why they wouldn't do that. So I want to talk on something that's a little sensitive because police have not confirmed it yet. I've just heard about it from neighbors speculating on the scene. The victim in this case was his wife, much older than him. She was 85 years old. He was 70. Um, there's been talk it might have been some sort of mercy killing, and she had a lot of, you know, medical issues. Is that a reality? Does that type of thing happen in homicides? It, it truly does. It, it happens both with mercy killings or, or what in the business is termed compassion to homicides. And also a lot of times, Scott, they, they turn into murder-suicides. That okay. uh, you'll, you'll find these, uh, these cases where one spouse or, or you know, one part of a partnership uh, is in worse mental or physical condition and either for their own good or because the spouse who's there to take care of them is also in a, a position that they really can't. That's where you see a lot of this precipitating into these compassionate homicides or murder suicides. It's heartbreaking, but you know, no matter where you are, you, you, although that may be a good defense for somebody, you know, there's still an accountability factor. Well, I, I want to get to that. So now, police have him in custody, and they'll probably work with whoever they're prosecuting their prosecutor or whatever they have in that jurisdiction. How does that process work? Will they take all this into account as they figure out what to charge him with? Because we don't know a lot about charges at this point. Right. So, you know, in, in cases like that, the, the investigating detectives, the homicide unit will work really hand in hand with whatever the prosecutor for, for that area is to, to take the sum total of, of facts into account to make a decision about the charging. The prosecutors really, it's up to them at the end of the day what charges they would file or, or not file. Uh, on somebody. But, you know, throughout the country, it's, it's pretty typical that even in these compassionate homicide mercy killings, a lot of times they will uh, file charges on them. And I, I may be dated by the time this comes out, but to my knowledge, we do not necessarily know the manner of death at this point. Will that kind of play a role with the homicide and the prosecutors, how he killed her, if in fact it's proved that he did? 
yeah you know that's it, it depends i mean it's a little bit more of 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 mechanics of it uh, you know if, if it's a gunshot again speculation here gunshot or, or some kind of poisoning these these run the gamut of all kind of different things i mean they go from smothering deaths with pillows to poisoning to gunshot wounds and it, it just can really run the gamut. It, it does play a little bit of a factor in their decision with, with what's being done uh, so far as charging, but a lot of times it, it's really just the mechanics of, of the whole thing. Well, Tom Hackney, former homicide investigator in the state of Florida. Tom, thanks for joining us on the show today. Yeah, thanks, buddy. So I appreciate Tom just sitting down and kind of helping us kind of clear all that up, but this is kind of where this case is at. Haynes is in custody facing these charges for killing his wife. We'll have to see where they go from here, if there's anything to the, the talk in the neighborhood that there may have been some sort of mercy killing involved. It's not been confirmed by police. Obviously, prosecutors in that area will have to determine that. But it's uh, just a sad ending for a guy who had so much promise in the 1970s and 1980s. Of course, we're going to continue to follow the Rock Cody issue. That's not going anywhere in the buildup to WrestleMania. Probably be talking about it some more, and I swear we're getting to some of these backlog shows I want to do, particularly on that episode with Haku, who just celebrated his 65th birthday, hopefully in coming weeks. So thanks for joining us on another episode of Going Ringside. This has been Going Ringside with The Local Station, brought to you every Wednesday on your favorite podcast player, on News 4 Jax Plus, as well as the News 4 Jax YouTube channel.